It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to Downsizing Your Home and Life radio show, where it's all about finding ways to a clear path to stress-free downsizing in order for you to live your best life. Each week, we will discuss where to begin, how to select where to live, the best methods to sort and monetize your stuff, as well as the proper steps to valuing and listing your home in order for you to fast forward and start living your new life. Now, here is your host, Ann Nori, the downsizing coach, an experienced, award-winning realtor, auctioneer, and personal property appraiser, bringing you much-needed information to help you navigate the steps of becoming financially whole as you successfully downsize your home and life. Welcome. We have Brian Scudamore here with us today from 1-800-GUT-JUNK. Hi, Brian. Welcome to the show. Hi, Ann. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's such an honor to have you here, and I want to introduce our viewers to give them a quick bio about your background. Brian Scudamore is a serial entrepreneur and passionate people person known for pioneering the professional junk hauling industry with 1-800-GUT-JUNK. Brian started out as a scrappy kid in Vancouver, British Columbia, with an ambition and big ideas. Since then, he's adapted the success of his big idea into companies to launch two additional brands, which include Wow One Day Painting and Shack Shine. Uh, wow, that's really cool. Together, Brian's companies form the O2E brand, a franchising powerhouse providing business opportunities to aspiring entrepreneurs across North America. His companies have been featured on Oprah and uh, CNBC, Forbes, and his feature is obviously noteworthy across everywhere. Well, welcome to the show. I, I love um, being able to discuss with you and your many, many decades of experience with clients and estates with their downsizing journey. Well, welcome. Thank you again for having me. Happy to be here and uh, love talking about my businesses and the, the growth and the fun. So yeah, happy to, to be a guest. Thank you. So I would say our biggest question is, is what is it from your experience of having dealt with so many different communities and individuals, what does the downsizing process look like to you? Well, for me, our, our first business, the first of O2E brands, which stands for Ordinary to Exceptional, we are taking ordinary businesses like junk removal and making them exceptional through customer experience. Mm -hmm. The downsizing process is different from person to person. Sometimes you get someone that who, who's dealing with a, a parent who's passed away right. and they need to have some help and emotional support on what they can get rid of. It's not it doesn't seem like it's junk to them because it's their right. parents' belongings sure. or someone who's truly downsizing who says, hey, listen, I'm moving out of 
uh, a large house. My family and kids are all off to college. And now I want to downsize into a smaller unit, a, a condo, whatever the case might be. Right. They've got lots to get rid of. And we encourage people to put things on Craigslist and to sell them and to give them away and anything that's left over. And of course, auctions, as the auctioneer in me would say. Exactly, of course. an auction, of course. Get and an appraisal. Every, <laughs> anything that's left over at the end, that's where right. we come in and we charge a fee for our service to haul that junk away to be recycled, reused, disposed of. So the downsizing process, it depends on the person and how much stuff they've got. That's very, very true because it really is, uh, you know, client specific and resident specific to the size of the home and what items they have. And what would you say throughout the process, right? We've, they've got the process of trying to figure out where to move to. First, they need to envision where they're headed. Then, you know, figuring out the sales process, the downsizing of their assets, their personal assets. And, uh, and of course, listing their home and purchasing potentially the new property. In that timeline, where would you say is the best time to ha start having this conversation in regards to shifting and moving uh, of their items with someone like yourself with 1-800-JUNK? Mm -hmm. Yeah, with 1-800-GOT-JUNK, I think it's important. People can have stuff hauled away before they move, and they can have stuff hauled away after they move. So people often sit there and think, oh, we're going to use this. Let's wait till it gets to our new home. And then they realize this stuff doesn't fit in there new house or it doesn't go with the decor, we think it's better and less expensive to get rid of the junk before you move. Make the tough decisions up front so that you don't have to pay twice. You pay the movers Absolutely. to pack it, to unpack it, then you've got to dispose of it, get rid of it all in one go in one fell swoop, make some tough decisions of, will you really keep it? So one of the quotes I love is Oprah Winfrey always said, ask yourself a question with every piece of something that you have is it mm -hmm. does it bring love to your life and is it useful mm -hmm. and if it's not useful and you're not using it will you ever use it are you going to miss it if it's in storage make some tough decisions to get rid of things and um, downsize your life even if you're not downsizing your space and that's such a wise wise comment simply because i think a little bit of a tough work early on really creates so much emotional freedom, not only when they look around, I think they, they shed that weight and, mm -hmm. and the uh, figuring out w once they move, where is it going to move to? Because potentially a lot of people that are downsizing obviously are moving from a larger square footage to a smaller square footage. So it really is wise to consider having those tough decisions early on, figuring out and assessing the new space that they might be potentially moving to making sure that the items that they choose to take with them really fits that space well. Um, I have to ask you, what is it, can you share with us the types of things that you might not be able to move for people and kind of what do you guys do with the items that, you know, you do collect? How does that work? Well, 61.3% of what we remove, according to uh, a, mass, a massive independent study that we did, nationally and internationally, 61.3% right. of what we hauled away gets recycled, donated, or reused. So oh. diverted from landfills. Mm -hmm. The balance generally goes off to landfills, uh, transfer stations where it uh, gets processed and disposed of. So the items we take, old furniture, appliances, yard debris, someone renovates and remodels their home, they've got old cupboards and old bathtubs and things to right. get rid of. When we take things to transfer stations, they generally have people and equipment to sort through those items to say, 
all the metal, we'll recycle that. All the wood, we'll chip it down and make ah. new plywood. Everything uh, generally has a, a second life, mm -hmm. uh, but it's often the cost and the time of sorting through those materials to ensure that they can actually get recycled. So where do we, yeah, where do we take it? Different, different landfills, transfer stations, but our, uh, our hope and desire is that things get reused and that we're a last resort in what we haul away. Yeah, that's a really great point. And um, something interesting that I read is that you guys have a new division. Talk to us about the painting while the people are preparing their home, getting it ready. And part of the challenge, obviously, is the decor, getting the house ready to go on market when they decide to list. And I thought it was fascinating. I'm a fast mover. I work with clients that, you know, we're in the DC market, Northern Virginia. People love to make a decision and be proactive about it. And sometimes mm -hmm. their schedules and they also want to be present when some of this work is being done. Mm -hmm. And tell mm -hmm. us about the solution that you've been so genius in putting together about painting. Thank you. Well, we have two different new companies that we've added to our home services portfolio. So again, when we say O2E brands, ordinary to exceptional, what right. started with making junk removal exceptional through customer mm -hmm. experience, 22 years after I started 1-800-GOT-JUNK, mm -hmm. I realized there were other opportunities. I was having my house painted and the three different quotes, I got some different right. price estimates to see what it was going to cost. The mm -hmm. first two people came in, they smelled a cigarette smoke, they were late, they just seemed disorganized. And I thought when they come into my home, it looks like they're going to move in for a couple of weeks. And uh, <laughs> how long is this really going to take? The right. third person came in, clean, shiny van, uniformed, friendly, professional. Mm -hmm. And he said, listen, the quality is the same as your other guys. I've done this for 22 years. My pricing is the same. I met price at market. But the kicker, what got me excited is he said, my difference is I will get your home once we agree on painting day done in a day. Oh, wow. And I said, how was that even possible? You know, he sent 16 painters into my house. If someone can paint one room in a day, yeah. then why not have a house painted in a day? You just put one or two people in each room, depending on the size. They're not bumping into each other. It saves time on cleanup and preparation and you right. get it all done. It's like flash mob painting your home and people don't love uh, disruption. Absolutely. It can be very disruptive every day coming home and drop cloths and paint and mm -hmm. all over the place. So we get it done in, the, in a day. I ended up buying the company and rebranded it based on the feeling I had when I came home at the end of painting day. Floor to ceilings, molding, trim, everything was done immaculately and the feeling out of my mouth wow. was wow. So we called it wow one day painting. <laughs> and so Craig Merrills, who's in DC, who's our owner there, he's fantastic. What I love about the way Craig runs his business is his eye for detail. Ah. When you paint a home, it doesn't mean that you're rushing by doing it in a day. Right. The quality is as good, if not better, because you've got a quality inspection person to make sure that everything's done properly. And what I love that Craig does is Craig says, listen, you don't pay me a penny until you're completely satisfied and wowed with the job we did in your home. That's and so he gets it there. If he's missed something, if something just wasn't done to expectations, Craig and his team will get it there before uh, they collect payment, which I love. That is incredible. So what is this third company that you were discussing? Third company is called Shackshine. Oh. Similar type of situation where I ended up uh, looking for someone to clean my gutters. Uh -huh. And I have a habit of doing this, I guess. When I find a company that I love, I end up buying it and uh, <laughs> trying to do it a different way. So what I liked about Shackshine is they came, I had a hard time finding someone to do my gutters. They came okay. in and, and did it. Mm -hmm. And I really, I, I 
caught on to the name and the potential of this business. Hmm. Friendly, uniformed, happy technicians who did the job right the first time, one detailed right. visit. And I said, I got to get a piece of this and then ended up partnering with Shack Shine and ultimately bought the company. And That's now awesome. we've got franchise partners growing the business all over the country. That's and wonderful. so if I look at 1-800-GOT-JUNK and uh, the fact that we've built a, a, a 300 plus million dollar business, I look at wow. wow One Day and Shack Shine and I think, you know, the potential of those spaces are even greater still. Very fragmented market where people need a uh, high level of customer experience brought to those dirty industries. And that's what we're doing with Shack Shine. You know, what I love about that is obviously wearing my realtor hat and having professionals that, you know, that we have to always refer to sellers and clients that we work with. I love the aspect that when it's something of, of from a franchise, because they have high qualifications and expectations to meet the standards of the franchise. Mm -hmm. I like the fact that obviously they're going to be a little bit more accountable than a traditional, uh, you know, not knowing who you're dealing with. So that is fabulous. I look forward to connecting with your other resources here for mm -hmm. other than just the 1-800-GOT-JUNK because I know there, your crew here in our McLean office uh, is always fabulous. They're wonderful mm -hmm. at Thank all you. the projects that they really tackle. And that's why we were interested in featuring you and your company uh, and Thank get you. your feedback. So can you share with us an interesting story that you have with your downsizing journey or a client that, that just, you know, stands out out of all of the other ones that you've dealt with? Well, you just, you know, at times you uncover things that you just don't expect in the junk removal world as an example. Uh -huh. So we ended up taking away, um, what are some of the crazy finds? Uh, John Wayne's Bible we found in a, oh, in a wow. box with some junk we were hauling away. We found Clark Gable's old piano. Oh, we found uh, a diamond engagement ring, a rather large one that a, a woman oh, had wow. lost and misplaced in her house, but we found it in the junk and were able to get it back. Uh, I'd say the most uh, valuable find, $400,000 in cash. Oh, Somebody was, uh, was in their home and getting rid of a bunch of junk and uh, they noticed or our truck team members noticed what looked like money between some floorboards and they pointed oh, wow. it out and uh, the, the homeowner wanted to lift up the floor and beneath the entire floor, $400,000 in cash. So wow. uh, that you is awesome. know what you'll find in a home. Yeah, people, mm -hmm. uh, one person's trash is another person's treasure. Well, in, <laughs> in this case, they literally had treasure hidden beneath the trash and uh, everyone was quite happy with that find. Did they figure out, was it from somebody they knew or was it from a house they had purchased? Did they know or- They, they, they had purchased this house years and years ago and all that time that money was underneath the floorboards. So oh. one of the previous owners, they didn't know oh, how it got there. My now goodness. The, the bills were 1932 circa bills. Okay. And so they figure that somehow along the way, someone was trying to hide some money and they don't know why. And I guess they forgot about it. And that is absolutely, that's so true. That is, that's a great, that's an awesome story, actually. I'm going to use that when I do some appraisals. <laughs> People are go. like, we have no idea what's in the house. Um, let me ask you, what is the process? Like, what should people do as they're starting this process, right? Let's say they're going to wait to the end. Is it best for them to collect the stuff in one area? What is your advice of how people should prep for this journey of this downsizing, mm -hmm. especially in reference to the items that they won't be taking with them? Mm -hmm. Well, we like to make it easy. That's our philosophy. If we make it easy for our truck team members, they make it easy for the customers and everybody wins. 
So I'd say from a customer perspective, do what's easiest for you. If you want to throw it all in the basement and leave it there for us to come in and get it, great. If you'd rather not have the junk in your house and you want to put it out in the garage or put it out on the, the back porch, whatever makes it easiest for you. I find that people, uh, what's, what's often helpful is mm -hmm. people will sort out items a little bit based on what they think is salvageable, recyclable, just so yeah. that it doesn't have to environmentally just go right into a, a hole in the ground, but rather it can get reused or recycled. But right. we take care of all that. So I'd say someone who's downsizing the, the, our slogan with 1-800-GOT-JUNK, our, our TV ads, it's just point and junk disappears. That's all you've junk. got to do is point. So whether it's a refrigerator, an old refrigerator, or how about like a television, or are there things that you don't take, or is, is everything potentially a go with your team? How does that work? Yeah, we won't take anything hazardous, so we okay. can't take chemicals and solvents and paints and things that you just know clearly shouldn't go into the ground, that they would be right. dangerous, or things that are dangerous for us to handle. We uh, hauled away once, actually, in Washington, D.C., uh, a, a, an old bomb from uh, World War II. <laughs> oh my Someone goodness. had this in their basement and uh, it was put in a truck and hauled away. And thankfully when the bomb squad came in and had a look at it, they realized it was disarmed. But, <laughs> oh my uh, goodness. People have yeah. strange stuff. They certainly do. And of course, as an appraiser, we get called in and there's sometimes grenades and, and mm -hmm. you know, there's our military, you know, collectibles and different things that they have. And it's always interesting to see that the things are there. Mm -hmm. And of course, use caution um, mm -hmm. as those things are handled. Um, what is there any uh, common requests that you get received from clients regarding the downsizing journey? And what, what you know, what do you commonly see? where people are kind of stuck and, you know, we can help them along because during my path, during our journey as, mm -hmm. as a, again, within the real estate world, the auction world, mm -hmm. we've got two or three different pockets. We've got the individuals that have a transfer, they've decided, you know, they need to go. So they have a timeline, a date in place, and it's necessary for them to commit and they mm -hmm. make the move and they're ready to go. Then you've got the other potential where they have a timeline about when they might be retiring and they're looking to retire. So mm -hmm. they kind of plan ahead and, and have those conversations to move forward. And then you've got the third group that really wants to move closer to the grandkids, but they're comfortable where they are. And mm -hmm. they kind of don't have the motive and the initiative to make that full trigger, you know, even if it's 18 months later. So mm -hmm. I think part of the conversation is how do we kind of simplify it? And I love the fact that you said that they can, you know, dealing with their assets is what really holds people back, right? Mm -hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I you know, I, I don't know if there's much, you know, really for us, again, it's all you need to do is point. We'll walk through the house and we'll pull things and take things apart. We'll, we'll do it all. So we just want to make it easy for people. People find it difficult when they downsize to, to let go of their items. We were on the Oprah Winfrey show years ago and I was there helping to clean out a woman's house who was a hoarder. It wow. was uh, her daughter who had called and said, my mom needs help. And they got the Oprah show to help them out and got 1-800-GOT-JUNK to come in and deal with the junk. And right. we really had to hold their hand and, and hands and help walk them through a process of, are you really going to use that? Right. Is that really something you love? Mm -hmm. And just asking those questions and helping them make decisions to get rid of things. People, yeah. people feel that everything has value because they remember what they paid for an item. But 
you know, I've got, I've got a, even, a, I'm a minimalist, but I have a basket of, uh, of old iPhones at home. I've kept all my old iPhones. What, what for? What am I going to do with them? Why have I held on to them? I mean, they're not going in a museum. They're not useful. That's hysterical. I actually I, opened my drawer this morning. I have it in my, in, in a personal drawer that I have in my bedroom with right. a stack of my old iPhones. I can't believe you said that. That's hysterical. <laughs> but people keep them because you remember what you paid for them. But really, well, what will I ever do with it? I mean, it doesn't even work as a doorstop. It's too thin, you know, like. I'm always like, I might have a message that I might want to retrieve, or maybe there's that baby photo I can't find. And, you know, my children are off to college now. So, yeah. you know, I keep them for those purposes and uh, conversations, texts and so forth. But it really is true. Having that emotional attachment, learning to let go and making that transition and that decision early on certainly mm -hmm. makes a big difference for that to kind of take place. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So I love the fact that how, what percentage, you know, we were having a conversation with a colleague of mine the other day and we were trying to figure out what percentage when you go in, have actually the hoarder environment when what percentage of homes would you say fit that description or that scenario it's small i mean a hoarder is someone who really i think it's it's a diagnosis of someone who really can't let go of things mm -hmm. and everything just piles up and it gets in their way and it affects right. the quality of their living like the oprah um story i mean this woman had piles of clothes on her bed and a little line down the middle where she would sleep. Now that's clearly getting in the way and, and being disruptive of your life. I think right. most people are not hoarders, but they probably have a little bit of a hoarder mentality where again, whether it's the, the, the box of iPhones or stacks of plastic bins filled with clothes that you know you'll never wear again. Yes. You know, I mean, unless you've got a costume party coming up or something that's going to work for that old 80s outfit, but there's things where people just hold on to. And so I think we've all got a little bit of hoarding in us. Uh, again, myself being a minimalist, I mean, I just, I love throwing things away, not literally into the garbage, but giving them away, having someone else who might use it. And if no one wants it, then sometimes you just got to say goodbye. So when did you become a minimalist? That's a key question. Where were you in your personal journey within this business? Were you always that way when you were younger? Or is this a habit that kind of grew as you're, you know, you got more involved in your business? That's a good question. I think over the years, I've realized more and more as my life's gone on that things don't make me happy. Mm -hmm. It's people, it's experiences, it's nature, it's my family. I don't love holding on to things because I know that they just don't do it for me. I've never been a fancy car guy. Now, renting a fancy car and going to drive down the Italian Riviera, you know, in a Ferrari, hey, that would be fun. Would I ever own a Ferrari? Heck no. So to me, I know things don't make me happy. And, and I think the more I learn that, I just, I don't collect stuff. And I find that as someone who's very ADD, stuff gets in the way. If I've got too much stuff on my desk, mm -hmm. I'm disorganized, I'm cluttered, I feel frazzled. So how do I get rid of things? How do I, less is more in terms of my philosophy. Very interesting. And was that something that just happened automatically or is that something that you had to learn how to do? And I'll tell you the reason mm. why I'm asking that is mm. my son is a, uh, he just turned 18 and mm. about 18 months ago, he was diagnosed with ADD. And it's interesting because as he's learning more about it and as I'm learning more about it, um, it you know, I think that it, it's a process and, and you, you self 
not self-diagnose, but you self-reflect. And mm. through that reflection, I guess you start to pay attention. How did that happen for you where you realize yeah. that the calm around you, you know, was it through mm. reading? Was it through or, or yeah, just, just reflection? Paying, yeah, paying attention, just reflecting, thinking about why don't I like a cluttered desk? You know, mm. how does that make me feel? How do I operate best? And I just realized that fewer things made it easier for my brain to focus. Yeah. If I've got one thing on my desk, that's the focus. And so my father, who's a liver transplant surgeon, I remember as a kid when he'd write papers and he'd be studying, he'd have piles mm -hmm. and piles of stuff everywhere. And mm. I just didn't understand how he could sort through that. So I think for me, a lot of it just came from sort of innately knowing that I don't like excess things. And then part of it's come with reflection over time. That's amazing. Well, that's, it's, it's an incredible journey that life puts us through and, and, and the mm. self-reflection and the things that we do learn. And I think that as people turn the page from one chapter of their life into another chapter, there's a lot of, obviously we're seeing in our, you know, especially here in North America, there's just you know, the big homes, the McMansions and all mm. of those things. And it's incredible where you'll see individuals that are living in five, seven, 10,000 square feet homes. I have an appointment tomorrow morning with someone who has a 12,000 12, square foot property and mm. they're downsizing. Mm. Um, but the question is, is yes, more and more people are truly letting go and, and just disconnecting from that and and this minimalist, uh, you know, self-reflection and, and having it change that less is more and mm -hmm. having that conversations with themselves early on in their journey and their process and taking the actions and the steps to do so. Mm -hmm. so yeah, does, it, does it make you happy? You know, I know somebody that lives in a 10,000 square foot home that they've got this massive yard and they've got these robotic lawnmowers that keep their lawn always mowed and so on, but there's always things to do. There's Absolutely. always things to take care of and things that break. And I, I just have to think, you know, that life wouldn't be for me. I like to enjoy my, my time with people. Mm -hmm. I don't want to, you know, I like to do things and I like to be busy, but I don't want my house to rule my, my life. And that is the exact number one reason why people actually, for, you know, they make the decision to open that time for themselves mm. and to make that transition from their busy lifestyle to a less stressful one and, and just make that downsizing jump. It's so attractive. It's so enticing. And it's just, you just get that burden off of their shoulders and it's a great mm -hmm. feeling to have. So mm -hmm. thank you so much for your time. And we loved our thank conversation you. with you. I'm going to ask you, is there any final input that you would love to share with those considering the downsizing journey and process? I think we've covered it. You know, you're the downsizing expert and I was just here answering a few questions, but you asked some great questions and grateful you included me on your show. So thank you. Thank you so much for being here with and sharing your time with us. Uh, thank you again. And we look forward to seeing you soon and wishing you a blessed rest of the year and summer. And awesome. thank you so much. And thank you for joining our life, um, <laughs> Downsizing Your Home and Life Radio. Thank awesome. you again, Brian. Wishing you a Thanks, wonderful Anne. day. Bye-bye. Thank you, you to too. our listeners to being here today. It's been absolutely a wonderful journey. Um, and take the time, do some self-reflection about the information that we've shared with you. 
and and take a look around you know take go room by room and figure out what are the things that you no longer want to be attached to and it's so easy because there are professionals to come in and help simplify the process for you there are resources there are wonderful individuals um, and and if you have questions please reach out to us and we would be able to happily guide you in the direction to help take the burden off and get you going closer and move closer towards your path and your journey of downsizing wishing you a blessed week thank you for joining downsizing your home and life radio we're signing out bye-bye Thank you for listening to the Downsizing Your Home and Life radio show. It would mean the world to me if you clicked to subscribe to our show so that you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes. Please share our link with friends who may also be considering the downsizing journey and leave us a rating and review so that we know how well we are doing. For more resources, visit thedownsizingcoach.com. Wishing you great success in planning your steps to living your best life. I look forward to greeting you for our next show. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.